Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Week with Cheek podcast. Before we start this podcast, I would like to acknowledge that the land that we are recording on is owned by the Yagra and Turrbal people. This was and always will be Aboriginal land. All right, welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. <laughs> Where did you go? I don't know, I was on another planet there. I'm back. <laughs> Just for such a short moment. It was such a short moment. Um, today, we are doing part two of our Taboo series. Two. Yes, wow, is series is probably a generous term for it. But yeah, two-parter. Two-parter. Um, and in this one we're talking about, so if you missed it last week, we talked about um, like taboos that are still taboo, basically. Crazy. Crazy. And this today. Right now. This episode, immediately coming up in a moment, we're talking about taboos that like our generation and like we're in different generations, like young people have broken down in recent history okay the first one i want to go with and i think there's a bit of a conversation to be had about it is someone has said talking about politics and deciding friendships based on political views so i think it's not necessarily that like politics itself is taboo but i think that there was um i think that it was more extremist in the past to not determine like if you determined friendships based on political views that was just like a lot and yes. i think that that's becoming more normal as like a we don't align as people and i can't continue this relationship yeah what do you think about that i agree yeah. i fully agree because like um i mean my parents like happily have rela- have friendships with people who have different political views than them do you think it means that our generation is too divisive and polarizes society no, <laughs> because I think conservatives are wrong. Um, no, it's because I think that um, our generation, like more than, um, I think that our generation has brought into the mainstream the relationship between politics and personal ethics and morals. Mm-hmm. And I think that also we're living in, like the it's a divisive political world. Um, and I think that that has just resulted in us being like new yeah absolutely that's my opinion i agree agree okay yay us yay um interesting consent i don't think it's necessarily ever been taboo to talk about consent Mm. but i always think it's been uncool yeah i don't think consent is I wouldn't say consent has been has ever been a taboo. I think actually rape has been a taboo. Talking about rape. Yes, talking about what is rape. But then I think we're arguing. I think if rape is a taboo, then consent is a taboo. Yeah, but what I more mean is, when it, I think it's more nuanced than that. I think it's not necessarily just pinning these topics as taboo. I think the conversation is more like we are more willing to clearly identify what is and isn't rape what is and isn't consent what circumstances are and aren't okay and i think we're shifting from a culture of victim blaming to an assumption of believing i don't think any of that has i wouldn't class any of that has as being taboo prior but i do think what's taboo is being open about your own sexual assault because I think in the past people were like, oh, whoa, don't talk about that. That's awful. But now we're like, we have to talk about it. Yes. Which is a resulting from, it's just nuance really. Yeah. Um, we're mostly agreeing. We're agreeing. We're agreeing. Um, Very aggressively. <laughs> but I don't think, 
I don't know why. I just don't feel like that's a taboo thing. I think it's because I'm like, it's like too important of an issue. I don't know. I just feel like for some reason, anti saying that was a taboo. I don't know why. I think it's because taboo feels like it's like a <gasps> shh. Yeah. And I also don't think that the world I've ever lived in has felt like that about those things because I've grown up in, I would say, a culture of consent and talking about your experiences. So I actually don't. I have not. Really? No fucking way. Absolutely not. That's so strange. It's only five years apart, but I'd say it's more about like the culture that we were individually in than the time. Although I think a lot changed between like even me being in high school and you being in high school, to be honest, because like I would have been in grade 12 and you were in grade eight or like there's a weird difference with Queensland, New South Wales. But I feel like a lot of the stuff that we were saying at school, it like became very quickly unacceptable. Really? To like use the word gay as an insult, for example, and like use the R word. Mm. Like I feel like we were all saying it at school and then like it didn't take long and everyone was like, (gasps) you can't say that. Yeah, I felt like when I was going through, you couldn't say it. Yeah. And we both grew up regionally, so it's like fairly comparable. Yeah. Even though I was in conservative Queensland. I think there is a difference between the regional areas we grew up in. I mm-hmm. think that mine was more progressive mm-hmm. and my school was more progressive, even though they were, both, they were both religious schools. Yeah. <laughs> um, wouldn't be hard. No, I, I don't think it was necessarily open. Like I think, I mean, even when I was at uni, you know, I would hear about, um, there were, I, I've talked about it before, you know, someone I know, a man I know was accused of rape and it, it took me a minute to get yeah. there to the point of believing her I really did. Mm. Um, even though I knew he was creepy. And I was talking about this with a friend last night, actually. Um, we remember this, we were talking about this house party and how this is so fucked up as a memory. He was just chatting to one of our friends and we were like, Oh, there he is fucking having a go in the corner at her. Mm. And we were like, don't worry. He does that to everyone. That was the vibe. And yeah. looking back on that, I'm like, who was that yeah. version of me? Mm. Because like, it was at the time, like, Oh, he's fucking harmless. He's like a daddy long leg spider. Just give him the fucking flick. But yeah. no, he's a fucking rapist. Yeah. Um, and you know, th- I think we all have had that sort of experience, whether it be in school, whether it be at uni where you, you normalize that and it's more, it's, it's almost taboo to call it out. Mm. I think that's it. Like in, in a sense, like I still struggle to call things out. Yeah. Yes. I would agree with that. I think that I've just, I've like figured out my, my thought is on, on the talking about like rape and consent. I think that previously it just was not important to society and it's becoming more important to society. Yes. There is a conversational shift, and I think even in the last 18 months, it's changed monumentally. Yeah, Brittany Higgins, Grace Tame, Chanel mm. Contos, like those stories have shifted yeah. everything. Yeah. So, yeah, we're agreeing. We're agreeing. Um, sex before marriage and kids before marriage or outside of marriage. Mm. I, think that, I think that's been a while, though. Mm, I don't know. That's a hard one to pin down when things change. Well, I think as marriage becomes less relevant, so do those elements. And I think when religion becomes less relevant, those things change. Like, I don't think it's like one thing. I think it's the product Mm. of social growth. Do you know what I think is actually the thing for me Mm. is, um, kids outside of marriage accidentally versus purposefully. Yeah. Because in my town, there were a lot of people who fell pregnant accidentally when they were like outside of marriage or when they were like younger than they might have like planned to have kids Mm. and I feel like that was like that was that was happening a lot it wasn't it was not responded to well obviously (laughs) um but that was happening heaps yeah okay and I think like that's the difference 
I think, yeah, there's a conversation to be had about, um, for me, actually, I, I was and remain, unfortunately, judgmental of uh, women who I went to school with who had children young. Mm. And I remember ringing my mum one day, and it was it's because I am uh, I am unfortunately elitist when it comes to my education. Mm-hmm. Not that I I didn't go to a fancy private school or anything. Like I literally just went to a Catholic school in Orange, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think I I was the first person in my immediate family to go. Like my parents didn't go to uni. My mm-hmm. dad dropped out in year nine joined the Navy. My mum made it to year 12, moved overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, I have extended family who've been to university, but I got a scholarship to study law. I was always, that, that was my badge of honor, right? Yeah. It was being that person that was academically ahead always. It was always what I prided my personality on. Mm-hmm. And everyone had to know all the fucking time, yeah. right? Hate that about myself now. Mm-hmm. Got to uni, fucking hated every minute, straight fours, right? <laughs> Barely passed. Um, but the thing is that, when I was leaving Orange and I was like, I have to get out of this fucking town. I'm so much bigger and better than it. You know, you know the vibes, right? Like fucking. I had those vibes. Yeah. I am just like, I'm a star. I'm being held back. Yeah, I'm being held back. Right. Just wait. And I, you know, my close friendship circle are all incredibly intellectual and we push the shit out of each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I left and I looked back and, you know, women who I went to school with were like, staying in orange and having babies and i would just ring i remember ringing my mom and just being like fucking who would do that yeah and she said stop it you are so judgmental and i was like wow oh. being cancelled by your mother i know and you know what she Weird said vibes. to me and she and, and she said some people being a mom is the best thing they'll ever be and the most they ever want to be and that's admirable and that is still a beautiful thing and i was like holy fuck i'm fucking cancelled <laughs> And I realized like it really turned my world upside down because I still love looking at all their pictures. Mm-hmm. Like when they'd have a baby, I'd be like, fuck, it's beautiful. But I'd be like, they're just in orange having babies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was because like, a, you know, a couple had had like three babies by the time we were like 21. And I was like, fuck, who would do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's just a life choice, Hannah. And I'm not better than them for that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it comes with the territory of being at uni and in a new city and on your own and, and all that character development. But now I look at them and I'm like, they are probably so much happier than me too, mm-hmm. you know? And like, who am I to yeah. fucking say what's better and what's more worthy? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that really was a big thing for me. Yeah. I mean, I was a bit thingy because, like, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I finished school and I had two gap years and I stayed in my hometown um, and I worked and then I came to uni after that. So for those two years, I was pretty much all of my friends fucked off to to Brisbane and I was, like, alone. Um, Looking back, actually, like, very terrible time of my life. Um, But I'm fine now, so don't worry. (laughs) And the thing for me that was so weird was that, all of my friends who were taking similar paths that I was going to take, because my plan was always to take two years and then go to uni. So I feel like my mindset in those two years was always like, well, this is temporary, this is temporary, this is temporary. And I was seeing all of my friends live the life that I was like, well, I'm, I'll see you there soon. Like, I'm going to be there soon. And the people who were, who were like, left left, I guess, the people who were left over in, in Gympie, in the town that I grew up in, were just were there because they wanted to stay. Yeah. And I was there temporarily because all the people who were following the path I wanted to path 
that I wanted to follow were gone. Yeah. And I didn't really have like, I mean, I can't pretend like I wasn't like, what the fuck, why are these people? Because some people, people used to come into the pharmacy that I worked at and they would be like, oh, like you're here kind of thing. And I was always like adjust until the end of the year. Like I'm leaving. Like I was yeah. always obsessed with telling people. Yes. But it was more because I didn't want them to think that I was staying. I mean, that is elitist in itself. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't think I actually thought that much about the other people who wanted to stay, but there was this one woman I remember so clearly and we were having a conversation and I was like, I just cannot fucking wait to leave this place. Like I just don't, I can't be here anymore for many reasons, which I won't go into. But if you listen to the episode about my talking about being in a cult, maybe you'll know. <laughs> maybe you'll get a little hint. A little hint. <laughs> um, and <laughs> a religious cult it was. It was a religion. Anyway, go and listen if you want details. Um she said, oh, you're not going to be, you're not like one of those people who wants to like live in like overseas or something, are you? Oh. And I was like, excuse me? How dare you judge me for that? But I was, I was like, what a weird, I'm like, and then, but to be honest, like in my unevolved 18 year old brain, I'm like, you are fucking having a go at someone who wants to go and live overseas and do something fun and you want to stay here for the rest of your fucking life and you're judging them? What the fuck? And like, I know I was just like, you know, creating more judgment in reaction to judgment. But it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but I was just like, that is like out of fucking line. No, I don't think it is. I mean, for her no, to say that. I just think that I judged them for staying. They were judging us for leaving. Doesn't that make sense? But isn't it so weird to just be like, you're not one of those people that go and live overseas. Well, like, why is that outrageous? But why is it outrageous that they want to live in Orange for the rest of their lives or Gympie? I don't think that, I didn't Sorry, think it was outrageous at the time. I didn't think it was outrageous. But now I just think, well, fair enough. Some people will think it's outrageous that I want to do what I'm doing. Yeah, I guess. Weird. It's it's literally just two sides of a coin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I, mm, I just feel like it's more acceptable one way. Sorry, that's problematic. Yeah, because <laughs> you're the person that would do like, Do you see what I'm saying? What I'm saying yeah. is it's interesting that people people sitting there going, why the fuck would she want to do that? Mm. When they just, you know, like why would I why, – a lot of people would think, why would you want to go to uni and work full time and blah, blah, blah. Like – you know, one of my friends in um, at uni that I lived with said to me one day, you know, I know you're going to judge me for this, but like, I really just can't wait to just, you know, for him to take over and me to be able to stop working and have children. And I was like, yikes, yes, I am. Um, and you know what? That's not fair. Yeah. That's not feminism. Feminism is about choice. That's the thing. I just want to do an episode about choice feminism because I kind of don't believe in it. Okay. But I'm going to leave right. that later. <laughs> Keep tuning in later. But that's some unexplained date. That's what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. if it's about choice, and, and it might not be, we'll argue about that later. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, it's wrong for me to judge that because, you know, who would want to work? Mm. But for me, it's like, well, I would rather die than have children and stay at home with them all day. Yeah. Well, at least now. And that's the thing. It's just, yeah. who am I to say? Yeah. Maybe there, there's taboo still there. Yeah. Next. Next. I guess the taboo is like, the issue is like people accepting people living different lifestyles to you. Yeah. Gender identity. Mm, yes. I still think it's a bit tough for a lot of people. Oh, of course. Um, but I think that we're definitely on the, on the right path to breaking down the taboo. Of but I also think it's more about education. Like my younger brother and sister who are 18 and 16 fucking school me daily mm. on you know, gender identity, gender expression, the differences, the spectrum, your sexuality. Like I constantly feel like I'm learning 
and I constantly feel like I don't know things, but it's just like about having an openness to the conversation. Mm. And I think that it's so fucking fascinating. And every time I see someone who maybe is expressing their gender identity in a vastly different way to me, I just think like, unfortunately, I think, wow. And I do think brave. And I want to mm-hmm. stop thinking brave because that's literally just them being who they are. Yeah. But in society, I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That is so impressive. Yes. Well, I think that um, that's like braveness, braveness and taboo go hand in hand yeah. because people are only brave if they're going against a taboo. Yeah. So I don't really have much to, I think the other thing about like um, the difference between like um, when we went to school and when your siblings are going through school is that people are talking about it at school. And I know you can talk about it with friends and everything like that, but I just feel like so many like of your, it's just formative years. And if you're around lots of, um, you know, people of your own age, like kids of your own age who are expressing themselves really differently than it, it's just like much i guess not really necessarily easier but like you're being so much more exposed to the different of like gender expression expressions and like i mean probably you're the same but when i was at school like that just wasn't really that wasn't a thing that was happening at all no and then you know at the moment like my brother's 18 he's just finished school and he's working full-time on a gap year and he called me the other day and was talking about his friends and introduced them with their pronouns mm. and well like i know them but i was talking about one of his friends and he was like hannah um they them yeah and i was like i'm so sorry yeah he was like it's okay fix it yeah like i was like fucking (laughs) hell whoa and then he was like i've seen your thumbnails on youtube i think you need thumbnails for cheek and i was like okay feedback taken when we have thumbnails it's like when i have these conversations i'm like fuck i have so much faith in them yeah i just love them yes same same i know some millennials hate the zoomers but i'm like go off queens but and like, kings and non-binary royalty i'm a zoomer and the younger zoomers than me are so impressive yeah and i i think that's actually the key to progress is like not having these weird generational divides mm, i hate we hate generational divides on this podcast except fuck you boomers yeah except the boomers <laughs> even the good ones i'm like sometimes they're not so good <laughs> no we have do actually have boomers who follow cheek and like give us really good feedback and yes. really enjoy our content, which we're like, and always make so a much. point. Like I'm a boomer. So I know I'm not your target audience, but yes. I'm like, it's okay. I don't mean like that. Yeah. Women in caring roles and it being a job and treated as such. I think the mental load is a conversation that we're having. Oh, right. I thought you meant like women in caring roles, like nursing. And I was like, no, no, what? no. I think they're talking, this person is talking about accepting that being a job. Yeah. Yes. Like motherhood not just being like this thing that women are lucky to do while their husbands are at work or something. I don't think we've broken that one down. Really? No. I think we're like it's on, on the, the right way. path, but I think we're still like, unfortunately, a long way off breaking that one down. I, I don't know. Like I, I think that we are – I think we're – cracking open the conversation about the mental load, the inequalities in relationships, in heterosexual relationships specifically. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said about it, but I, I think we're like 10% of the journey through. So I think we agree, right? Mm, I would say less, to be honest. Really? I think it's really just so prevalent. Like, I don't think we're far. Okay. The th- but the thing that always, it's hard because like, I feel like in our circles, it's like, going in the right direction and people are having these discussions. But I think in the wider world, like there's so much work to do still. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. That's sad. Say something happy. <laughs> Non-monogamy. 
I actually don't think that that's been broken down at all. I think it has a bit. I struggle with it. Um, it's definitely a huge taboo for straights. Yes. But I, th- I think for the LGBTQIA plus community, it's been broken down. Mm. Why do you think it's not for straights? Um, because there's like one option that's like displayed for straight people. What is that? An open Monog- marriage? No, monogamy. Oh. I think it's like, because it's like, this is the norm. Like, and this is like the, the... The binary. Yeah, this is like the path that straight people are given. It's just like, you you are a woman, you marry man, you are together forever. Sometimes men cheat. You bring him back. Yes. Cheats again. You bring him back. Cheats again. You say, no more. Goes off on your... He does whatever. Goes and marries a younger woman. Then you are sad. I feel like it's like that's what is shown to straight people. Whereas I think that people who are in the um, queer community are like, well, we've already kind of like gone against that by like not being straight. Then it's like, well, world's the oyster, you know? And then it's just like, well, there's so many other options and like way for relationships to be. No, I agree. I I don't feel like there's another option for me, but I I also don't, um, maybe I'm just like a, seeking highly monogamous relationships i'm very monogamous i would never be able to try anything else yeah but that's but that's fine for you personally but i don't think that that is based on i think that's just who you are personally i don't think that's like about societal conditioning for you personally it's just that i i struggle to feel like in most circumstances that are not monogamous that both parties are actually fine with it yeah, sometimes it can be hard to believe. Yeah. Especially in straight relationships. I think that's the thing. Because the thing is always like, well, the man wants this and the woman yes. is like waiting Yeah, at home. I don't know. Like it's it's something I struggle with, but I actually try to engage with quite a bit of content about it to learn more. I think also because um, straight relationships which engage in polygamy generally revolve around like weird religion and cult-like behavior. So we've seen like those men that father like a hundred children and there's all those documentaries about it, like fucking Tiger King shit, right? Yeah. And that's like, that's like what the picture is painted as. So it's stigmatized so significantly. The, I, what? No, I was going to say, you know, my hot take from the Mormon documentary I watched the, um, it's like, it's called keep sweet pray and obey obey pray I, and someone obey. someone in the someone recommended it in the comments to us the other day it was i really liked it i'm like really into like mormon cults not into them <laughs> like into the content a lot of people are them. i feel like i've never been into it but a lot of people are yeah. it's so fascinating to me and it's really fucked up and it's like just the worst for women i'm not going to go all the way into it because i think i'm going to write an article which i said that i was going to write weeks ago but i didn't anyway the point is in the so in the um like mainstream Mormon faith, polygamy was outlawed like a, a long time ago, a significant time ago. And then the um so the Mormons are now called the Church of Latter Day Saints. And there was a sect of like post that polygamy being outlawed, there was a sect that broke off and went out on their own. And they're called the fundamentalists. Church of Latter-day Saints or like people call them the fundies and they are the ones that have multiple wives, like lots of sister wives and they all dress in like those same dresses with their, they have to, they have, to have long hair and like only a couple of like, you know, those hair, hairstyles with like the poof at the top and like a braid down the back. Yep. Like the, everyone kind of probably has seen that type, like pictures and things. And so they're talking in this um, docu-series, which I do recommend, it's very interesting. Um, they are 
like basically because polygamy is illegal they're kind of like living in secret and then their marriages are like the first one maybe is legal but then the marriages after that are god like marriages in the church so they're not actually legal but they kind of have to live in secret because they are um like ostracized by wider society and also by the like more mainstream mormons Mm -hmm. and the thing that i found so interesting about this documentary is that the way it was filmed showed like implied that the biggest problem that society had mainstream society had with with the fundies is the multiple marriages like that's the thing that they were like so shocked by Mm. and i thought like isn't that so interesting because they're literally like there's like hidden pedophilia incest like um torture manipulation um uh what's exploitation what's that word where you like get money out of people falsely um not embezzling no it's another fun word get money out of like fraudulent just yeah like like basically um the laundering i don't know no it's like when so so people tithe to the church and then the the like Basically, like, the king of the fundamentalists just takes the money and, like, does whatever the fuck he wants with it. Oh. Yeah. I know what it is, but yeah. I don't know the word. No, me neither. Anyway, leave us a comment if you know. Um, so all that shit was happening, but people, were, like, couldn't get there. Like, they have multiple wives. Like, ah, it's crazy. And, like, they're not doing it in any kind of ethical way, obviously. But I just found it so interesting that, like, that's the thing that people are so shocked by. It is interesting. It's really weird, like, reflection on society, in yeah. my opinion. Because people can have, like, multiple relationships like in an ethical way and obviously it's very different when it's done ethically and polygamy is like illegal whatever blah 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 but just the the, pe- the fact that people could never get on board with or the, the fact that people found that the most shocking element is just so weird to me yeah not settling for bottom of the barrel relationships I don't think that's destigmatized. Me neither. I think people are still doing that way too much. I literally think if you listen to our marriage episode last week, you see me fucking pop off about the fact that everyone's unhappy. And I thought, I actually thought so many people were going to fucking come for me and be like, how could you believe this? You know what I think we should talk about? This is a bit um, off center from that comment, but like (laughs) what we're talking about yesterday in the car, which is our disbelief in the fundamental goodness of people. Oh, people suck. Yeah. People are fundamentally bad in my And I think that it kind of stems back to it in a way, but like, unfortunately, my fundamental view about people is that everyone is self-centered, everyone is acting in their own self-interest, and people will do the worst things in the world to each other in order to get one leg up or, you know what I mean? Like, I I know that's not necessarily bottom-of-the-barrel relationships, but it's just that everyone is just doing things that benefit them. Mm. And like very few people I truly think are selfless or are acting in the, in with the goodness of others at at the front of their intentions. I'm a selfish person. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I constantly know that I am choosing to do things based on whether it suits me or not, whether it benefits me or not, but I'm not a bad person. But I think when we think about this, it's like when I'm in a relationship, it's like, well, does this work for me? Mm -hmm. Does this give me everything I want? I know that's a lot, but I also think that what this comes from is this idea that we put our, 
um, romantic relationships as the highest relationship in our life. And we make it significantly more important than anything else. And I think that the idea of community and friendships and where this hierarchy sits and what's more important to people is the thing that destroys us. Mm -hmm. Because I think that we put this pressure on our romantic love interest, monogamous in inverted quotes, it's very hetero, I know. Relationships is the most important thing to look to. And if that's failing, our life is failing. Mm-hmm. And it's above our career. It's above, you know, our friendships. It's above everything we do in our communities. That's the problem. If when, And I also think it stems from, fuck, I'm really going for it now. The inability of men to seek emotional support in anyone other than their, their intimate partner. Yeah. If we took the pressure off these relationships, less people would scrape the bottom of the barrel for them and we'd all be much happier. Yes. I have such strong friendships both at work and in my personal life that being by myself, while I will say dating destroys me, I find it so fucking difficult and so much pressure because we have been taught that it is the be all and end all. And if you don't have someone, you are hollow in some fucking sick way. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is that we scrape the bottom of the barrel and we take anything that we can get because we're afraid. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of being alone and we're afraid that we have this huge missing piece of our puzzle. And if you like, you should watch Daniel Sloss's special Jigsaw because it talks about this very well. But that is my view. Yeah. My view is that we scrape the bottom of the barrel because we're so obsessed with this idea of romantic love and having a monogamous partnership for life and we choose just the most foul fucking companions in order to get there. <laughs> well, I think that people just think that it's better to be in a bad relationship than alone. Yep. Which is so untrue. So untrue. The other thing is when you're talking about being selfish, I actually think like the word, when you look at the definition of the word selfish, like it's actually not like an evil thing. No, it's not. Um, like you, definitely people can do it in an evil way. Um, but I think like really like it's hard not to be self-centered because you are you. Yep. Um, but I think that like there is a, a taboo around the word selfish. Because yes. like sometimes like I, I don't, I don't think I'm a selfish person in the like colloquial use of the word, but there are plenty of times where I'm like, no one fucking talk to me because I want to be alone right now. That's be, that's doing something selfish. It's just like, fuck off, not answering the phone, not answering the messages, don't talk to me and cancelling my plans because I want to be alone. That's a selfish act. I don't think it's a bad thing because also me doing something like that makes me better for when I'm back with people again. Absolutely. I also think that paired with self-awareness, selfishness is healthy. Agree. I think that it's about the fact that like when I think I'm engaging in selfish behavior, which is often I, I am aware of it Mm. and I know why I'm doing it. And I think the question becomes like when someone is selfish, just because they're selfish, like it's, you know, it kind of reminds me of, this is a bit weird as well, but you know, when you feel ashamed or embarrassed about something that you've done, the thing I always do as my first point to like try and relieve myself of the guilt or shame that I feel is think if someone, if someone did this to me, would I think about what they've done? Mm-hmm. No, often I'd find it funny. Yeah. Right. No one is thinking about anyone else. I don't think about the shit my friends did when they were drunk five years ago. I don't think about the shit that was said to me in school. I really am just obsessed with myself and everything that I do. And when I feel Beautiful. bad about these things, I think, <laughs> Does anyone else care? Not really, because we're all just fucking little planets inside our own minds, walking around thinking about ourselves all day, and we don't really care. No, exactly. We care to the extent that it impacts us and that it fulfills or does not fulfill our lives. Yeah. But beyond that, like I inherently believe that we're all selfish, and it's not necessarily an evil thing. No, it's not. I think it's natural. It's human nature. And the other thing is I think that people who are like – a lot of people who are struggling – 
in the world, like whether that be um, like parents, particularly single parents, um, like women who do everything for their husband and children and everything, people who are like work like too much to the point of burnout, it's because of a lack of their like they don't have the opportunity to be selfish yeah. Um, or may, or they select not to depending on the situation, obviously. But like, if you think of like the typical, like burnt out, stressed, tired, single mom, like she hasn't been able, she can't be selfish because there's no time in the day. Yeah. And then she is not like a happy person, yeah. <laughs> you know, or maybe it's not like the best person she can be. And it's not necessarily what she chose. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that it is good to be selfish, selfish. It's a form of self care. Yes. End of pod? End of pod. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You could also find us on Instagram at Cheek Media Co. or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one.